What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Oh, it's Friday. It's 5 o'clock. It's beer 30. We're promoting it around here. Hanging out Riverwind Casino. Headed into the weekend. we got a big football game. West Virginia coming to town. Got to have it. Uh, still alive for Big 12 Championship. Need a little bit of help, but got to win out. Starts with West Virginia. Um, I, it sounds like well, the text line is It's interesting. They sound frustrated and concerned, but their score predictions have us winning by 20 points. <laughs> we suck. We're not any good. We got to fire the offensive coordinator. We're playing the wrong quarterback. Hell, we can't go deep. We can't tackle. We can't line up right. The coach can't get out of the way. But we'll beat West Virginia by 31 on Saturday. It's all good. Right. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Um, by the way, sorry, I'm a little – occupied right now Uh um trying to post uh various bits of content on our twitter page because oh you just got alexander shield knights in the 2025 class another in-state prospect thank you john and blanchard by the way thank you for sending that i did not i thought that was going to be happening a little bit later so thanks for sending that in wow okay that's sixth in-state get for 2025 they have eight commits total which is good for the number four overall class right now in 25. And six of those eight um, are in-state kids. And I love that part. And I I think it's going to be so cool if OU has a top five class in 2025 and a third of their kids are Oklahoma kids. That's going to be a really nice – because I think nationally there's this perception that, well, yeah, OU's a nice job, but you got to go get all your players in Texas or surrounding states. I think this talent in the state is dissed way too much nationally, and it clearly yeah. doesn't have the depth of Texas, Florida, or Georgia, but it's got some good players at the top, man. So for that to be featured, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it is, and, you know, I I think it's big time what we've done, and I, I think that if you can get all those guys together, there's a little bit of a – I don't know. There's a core. There's an edge there, a familiarity in the locker room. And I don't know. I, I just I think it helps. Now, what's the situation with – because you told me earlier in the week the two big offensive linemen are coming into town this weekend. Well, just one are coming into town. Uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis, the four-star offensive lineman from Florida, will not be in town. Mm. Sounds like he's going to go to UCF or Oregon at this point. Okay. But – if you had to pick between the two, which one you'd rather have, you'd rather have Grant Bricks out of the two. Um, he's from the state of Iowa, the number 100 overall player, according to rivals. This would be your third highest-ranked offensive player in the class if you get him. It's between OU, Nebraska, and Kansas State, mostly OU mm-hmm. and Nebraska. Six foot six, 280 pounds, farm kid, tough. I mean, he's just kind of – he's an Iowa offensive lineman is, is what he right. is. It, um so there's a lot of there's a lot of upside there, but Grant Bricks will be in town this weekend, and it's a it's a big visit, man. It's a really big yeah, visit. That is big, and so is that kind of the last piece to this class? I thought it would be. I thought yeah. it would, but they're bringing in a kid by the name of Cameron Campbell, who's a three star corner out of Tampa, Florida. 
six foot one sixty three, and like OU's got a pretty good secondary right now. Yeah, and they've got a lot of young players there. But if they get Cameron Campbell, and I think that there's a chance they might, OU would have eight defensive backs in this class. That's a crazy wow. number. And OU, yeah. in terms of takes, this is going to be the most takes that OU's had in the modern era in recruiting. And I went down the entire country right now in terms of how many commits teams have. There's only three teams that have more commits right now than OU, and it's the service academies, Air Force, Army, and, Air, uh, Air, and, and Navy are the only three, and they take wow. a ton of kids every single year. Yeah. OU has more than any other school right now. That's crazy. Um, huh. Well, I, I, I think that the, we're, the hit rate's been pretty good so far. The, the guys that have come in and uh, the, the recruiting classes that they've put together, it's been pretty good. So hopefully that continues, and I expect that it will. And, you know, I also expect that, you know, we're going to be a heavy player in the transfer portal again. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily going to say from, from now on, but I, you're, you're probably going to be a player for quite some time in the transfer portal. And, you know, look at the difference it's made for a bunch of teams out there. Um, my, look at West Virginia coming in. Their top defensive back, uh, who's leading the country in passes defended and interceptions, he's a transfer from Min, uh, Minnesota. Their leading receiver is a six-year transfer from NC State. Their second leading receiver, their tied in, is a transfer from Louisiana State University. I mean, and there's a lot of schools that we've seen that so far this year. Like SMU, oh. their top players. Keon, were transfer how about guys. Keon Coleman at Florida State? Transferred from where? Michigan State, I think. Yeah. And I saw a mock draft uh, yesterday that had him going in the top 20 this year. Now, I, yep. I don't know if that's legit or not, but he's been legit at Florida State. And you look at Oklahoma, we had. Uh, obviously, our quarterback is a transfer. Our leading receiver, Andrell Anthony, b- before he got hurt, transfer. We got uh, transfer starting on starting and playing all over our defense. Uh, our offensive line is comprised almost entirely of transfers. It feels like. So yeah, I you know what you got both tackles, a guard and. Um, yeah, three of your five are transfers. I like. I mean, this is right from OU optimist. Um, you don't and have tight end starting tight end. You don't have to love, and I don't think OU is ever going to go like super heavy portal necessarily. Um, if the recruiting classes stay the way that they are, and I think they will, but you're either a player in the portal from now on, or you will get left behind. You got to yeah. at least be somewhat somewhat active yep. in it, and I think yep. that's definitely the case on the defensive line for uh, for this team next no. year. The, the better you get, most likely the more selective you can become in the transfer portal, but you're, you're going to have to try and bolster your roster that way for sure. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 5 o'clock on Fridays, we do the uh, more than anything I want to see. So let's hear them, 405-651-3439. Uh, more than anything, I want to hear your reaction to this. Uh-oh. I, I looked it up. I was trying to figure out who the – head coach at Pitt was um, that I was thinking of Tyler 
from 77 to 81, five years, okay, this coach was 59 and one. Jeez. Okay, incredible. In a three-year span, they won the uh, what the Fiesta Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. All right. Um, this wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers playing no. in the Big East ACC back then. Okay, Pitt. They went eleven and one three years in a row. Okay, and before that, nine two and one and, and eight and four. Take a guess at who the coach was. Um. I have no idea, so I'm going to guess it was Jim Mora, and he still complained about every single game after. We suck. We stink. No. When in doubt, it's always Jackie Sherrill. (laughs) Yes. That's an OG inside joke for those that have been around for several years. Jackie Sherrill. That's awesome. Jackie Sherrill. Of course it was Jackie Sherrill. Was he the head coach at every single Power 5 school in the country? I think he was. Yep. He was. That's so funny. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I about fell out of my chair laughing. Ah, that's great. Uh, Camo Sooner says, more than anything, I want to see a kickoff return for a touchdown. Ooh. Yeah, this team could use a special teams touchdown at this point. That's for sure. What's the weather check? I know the, it's mm. supposed to be temperature-wise supposed to be perfect, right? Yeah, gonna I don't think any precip tomorrow. 60s, 50s. It's probably going to be in the mid-50s. And I don't know. It's been a little bit windy around here. So you may have some uh, wind, but... Should be pretty nice, right? More than anything, yes. More than anything, I want to see pressure on the opposing quarterback. That's from Brian mm. C. and OKC. Well, that's um, that's kind of got some layers right there, which I like. Yes, pressure on the opposing quarterback is always good. But if OU is getting pressure on the opposing quarterback, the team that's had the second fewest completions in the conference, that means you put him in some uh, third and longs, some spots right. that they don't want to be in. That's right. That's what we're looking for. Um, we're trying to put them behind the chains, get them off schedule. I think the most important down is going to be first down for the Sooner defense. If you can get some stops, uh, one, two-yard gains at most, hopefully some no gains and some tackles for loss, if you can pull that off, you're, you're going to set yourself up for success defensively uh, to, number one, get off the field, and number two, have a really good chance at, at getting some turnovers. Lily in OKC says, more than anything, I want to see the secondary make uh, Garrett Green throw into tight windows. I think that I mm-hmm. feel pretty good about that tomorrow. For me, man, more than anything, when this offense has some momentum, they pick up a first down or two, more than anything, I don't want to see a five-yard penalty by the wide receivers. I don't want to see a false start by the right guard or anything like that. You know, because it feels like when this offense has some momentum, there's a five-yard penalty, it backs them up, and then all of a sudden the drive's over. Like, don't make the small mistakes that totally kill a drive. Maybe not more than anything, but it's one of the many things that I do want to see tomorrow. Well, you said you you don't want to see a penalty. You're screwing up the drill, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay, whatever. You get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, and that's right. It, the fact remains. It just feels such like such cheap penalties when they happen. Yeah. We don't have to do anything uh, like above our pay grade. We don't have to make plays that we're not capable of. Dylan Gabriel doesn't have to throw for 500 yards. Defense doesn't have to pitch a shutout. Like, we don't have to play that type of football game to win. We just have to cut out 
the needless turnovers and the the bad penalties. We're going to have some penalties. That's just the nature of how it's going to go. They're going to have none. We're going to have some. There's going to be some horrible calls. But if we limit the egregious stuff, the after-the-whistle stuff, and we don't turn the football over, or at least limit it and win the turnover battle, we're going to win the football game. It's that simple. Uh, let me read a handful here. Sooner Co. Wetzel, more than anything, I w- I'd like to see OU versus Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. There you go. Amen on that one. More than anything, I want to hear, put the ponies in the barn. You can unhitch the wagon. Uh, KW918, more than anything, I want to see OU change their mindset and mentality of playing games not to lose, to do whatever it takes to win, mm. or we're going to continue to make mistakes and play to the caliber of these teams they should beat by two-plus touchdowns. I like it. I like that one. That's good. More than anything, I want a two-plus score lead. Yeah, that'd be nice, too. Yeah, and and that's the other thing. You know, clean football, don't turn it over, don't make the needless mistakes, but play good early. I mean, Hasn't that's been great something the past that, two weeks, yep. Yeah, we've got to play good early, and like, if, if, we, if we stumble out of the gates, that's what West Virginia wants. They want to slow it down, maintain possession, just milk that clock, shorten this football game, and kind of see where the chips fall. If we can get out of the gates early, go down the field, punch one in, get a stop on defense, go down, throw another score in. Now, when it's that early, it doesn't mean that West Virginia is going to abandon what they do. But there will be a point. If you've got a multi-score lead, that they're going to have to get more aggressive than they want. And that's whenever you take advantage. I feel OU has fallen victim to the uh, announcer jinx. Because I remember during the OU-Kansas game where it was, Hey, no team in college football has been better than Oklahoma in the first quarter. And since that's happened, the first 16 minutes of the last two games, OU's been outscored uh, 28-7. Has not been good. Has not been good including a pick six in that uh situation which was horrible yeah gotta start fast and you know i think that we maybe get in our head our own head a little bit whenever we have a slow start and guys maybe start to try and uh you know do more than they need to instead of just settling in you got a long football game keep making our plays be smart and you know, the, the cream will rise to the top. I think guys panic a little bit and start trying to do more than they need to. Uh, I like this one a lot. More than anything, I want it, I want the game to be called fairly, allowing the teams on the field to decide the game. Oh, come on. Listen, <laughs> this is a fun exercise and all, but let's not get outlandish here. That's not going to happen. I mean, come on, like no, we're going to see a, a fairly officiated game. There's a lot of frustration uh, with the officials, with this team right now. I'm interested what would happen if another egregious call especially in the end zone like last week were to happen tomorrow night we theorized uh, that joe castiglione would make his way on the field what what all did they throw at kiffin at tennessee a golf ball is that right he, well that was one of many things they threw out a, yeah. a yellow golf ball at him and he threw out a golf ball when Ole miss played tennessee in baseball the next year which is pretty funny mustard i think they threw a mustard bottle at him someone did yeah, beer cans, all sorts of things. So, I, so bring go- a sleeve of golf balls tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, I, I would mustard. really like us to, to take a page out of the Buffalo Bills uh, handbook <laughs> to handle some poor well, officiating. Text but, line definitely has a lot of those at home, I'm sure. So. <laughs> no, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, our, yes. Um, I, if you see something like that, you can say whatever you want. Like We've got a good fan base, but they're sick of it. Tyler, if something like the Drake Stoops play unfolds at home in a in a tight game or, God forbid, a game that you're behind in, that place is going to come unglued. The officials man. will throw the, – the fans will throw the officials over the uh, north end zone. That's what will happen. I, Pass it up all the way to the top unglued. and throw them over. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's not like – like something really bad is going to happen. I'm just saying that but it, it's not going to be a good scene. People are already incredibly frustrated. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Keep hitting the text line. Let's hear what you got. 651-3439. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Come take a test drive today. And give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood. Replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash giveblood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Taking you home on a Friday. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. In case you missed it, about 25, 30 minutes ago, oh, you got another in-state prospect for 2025. This time it's Alex Shield Knight of Wagner, Oklahoma. Six foot three, 225 pounds. Defensive end, edge player. So that makes eight commits for OU in the 2025 class. Six of those are in-state prospects. They now have the number three overall class in the 2025 class, according to the uh, 24-7 composite ranking. So, not a bad start there. Not a bad start at all. Uh, what's the biggest game nationally tomorrow? Is uh, Fox all happy yep. that uh, Jim Harbaugh's not going to be coaching in that game tomorrow? Ratings yep. bump? Yep. Ratings bump. Everyone's going to be tuned in to see what Michigan looks like. Is this going to be a distraction? or team going to be mad? I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a feeling, though, that what's the spread in that football game? You know, off the top of your head, four, I believe. I think. I think it was north of five earlier in the week, and it's dropped. Yeah, I think Michigan wins the football game with a score. Yeah, it's four. I think Michigan wins the football game with a score of. 35 to 10. Woo! Same old James Franklin. Can't get another win. I would expect um, with this news that Harbaugh's not coaching that some betters are going to flock to Penn State. But I think this whole thing is going to have a, an opposite effect, at least for tomorrow's game. Yeah. I think inside those walls, they think it's, you know, crap. I, I think we know how Michigan feels. 
I think it's a, a, a bit of a, you know, kind of a rallying thing for uh, Michigan. They probably play well tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to go as aggressive as 35-10, but I think, I think Michigan probably wins by 14. I'll say by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that they, I think they come out upset, angry, us against the world. And, you know, they're going to have that juice, but I also think they're just flat out a better football team, you know, pretty much across the board in every aspect of the game. I think they got a better quarterback. They got a better defense. Like Penn State runs the ball really well, but I think you can check the the box with Michigan on that as well. I I think I think Michigan's just all around much better. Now, it is going to be at Beaver Stadium. There's going to be a hundred and I don't know six hundred eight. I don't know what that place holds, but it is going to be packed. Uh, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Is it a wideout or anything? They no. I think they did the wideout game against Iowa earlier this gotcha. year. I, did they do the wideout game at night? Maybe and don't yeah. like some Big Ten schools. They don't play home night games in November. Isn't that a thing? Really? Yeah, I think I stumbled across that last summer. I didn't know that that was a thing. Well, let me check. Let me what check you, their game. What games. do you mean they don't play home? It's too cold. They don't play. <laughs> well, if I know, if I knew we could just institute a policy, I would have said, "Well, you know, we don't play 11 a.m. games in the fall at OU." So eh, I know I'm you not saying I don't think it's there. weak. I just I found it last summer. Um, let's see. So I, I think it's just certain schools. Maybe text line. You can correct me if that's wrong. The Big Ten has one night game tomorrow, and it's uh, Michigan and Ohio State, 6.30 on NBC. The rest are 11 a.m. or 2.30. Hang on. You said Michigan-Ohio State. Sorry, Michigan State-Ohio State at 6.30. Michigan, okay. Um, that's interesting. Huh. Wow. You know what? How about that? We should have said all along, well, sorry. It gets too hot for 11 a.m. games in yeah. September and October. So That's we, what I'm we as OU, we we have to, yeah, we have to play night games in the first two months of the season. Come on, we don't play home 11 a.m. kicks. Um, you know, I I don't know until November. Like when when do we, I don't even think we just it's a okay, straight so, across so policy that we don't. So this is uh, from nine days ago. The Big Ten's long-standing policy to generally not play November night games outdoors after daylight savings times ends has been eliminated with the start of the conference's new television contract this season. So, okay, ah, nice. It used to be a thing. It. it used to be a thing, kind of. Well, we generally yeah. don't do that, but now huh. that's over with the new TV contract. Interesting. All right, um, let's hit a quick timeout here. More from the rush coming up. We've got a couple of segments left. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those. 651-3439. We will be back. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Meg's life. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. 
you know, motivation is important. I've kind of enjoyed reading some of, um, you know, with the passing of Bob Knight, kind of read some of his thoughts on motivation. Some of them are simple but true. Uh, but, you know, I think that it's something that, that we keep in front of them because until the year's over, like, we still have something to prove. And it all starts with that. That's what people thought of us. You know, that's what they thought of of this program at the start of the year. And and we're, we're out to prove that wrong right up until the end. And so that's kind of, we're using it as motivation. It's the truth, though. I mean, that's where we were picked. It's not like we're uh, embellishing on that, that we were picked to finish last. And Oklahoma was picked to finish in the top three. And so um, that's what it is. Neil Brown, head coach of West by God, Virginia. Yeah, they were picked to finish last in the league. Are uh, are they the biggest surprise? Oklahoma State's the biggest surprise? Who's the biggest surprise here on November 10th? I'd say both of them qualify. I Probably Oklahoma State right now, considering that. They're the biggest in-season surprise, but before the year yeah. it would be West Virginia because they're still in contention. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. And I'm just telling you right now, they literally think they're going to come in and win this football game, and they think that they're going to run for 300 yards on our defense. Well, are they? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, perfect. Nice we job. don't know. I, I don't know if they I, – I, I think they've got a really good running game. They've got two good backs. They got a quarterback that adds to it and is dangerous, and they got the best offensive line we've seen. So take with that what you want. All right, you tell me. But they are—they are telling people that they're going to come in here and run for three hundred yards on us. Who are they telling? Message boards? Are they—they typing it up on the message boards? They telling the media that? Paul Feinbaum? Who? People in that program are saying that that's what they're going to do here. Yes. Well, who are they saying it to, though? Um, they say it to you? Someone text you? Neil Brown say, that, hey, hey, Layman, hey, Camus, we're running for 300 yards on your ass on Saturday. Not not to me, but to to people I know. Okay. They're- so, I, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, they are, they are confident. They're playing their best football of the year. Oklahoma has lost two straight. They beat our ass last year at their house. They are not coming in scared. They believe they are coming in. They're going to win the football game. That's just that's their mindset. Well, let's uh, let's fill up that stat sheet. They're going to fill up that stat sheet according to them. Let's see if uh, no. OU can. Brought to you by Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. I forty and exit one twenty five. Just twenty minutes from OKC. A little drive to big savings. I'll take the leading rusher. You take the amount of offensive turnovers. How much is OU going to fill up the stat sheet with turnovers tomorrow? Zero, one, two, or three? One. Hey, okay. Cool. Down. Just one turnover? We, Sweet. We can win with one turnover. If we turn the ball over twice, we better have a great day defensively. A great day. Because, I, like I said, for those that weren't listening, West Virginia – with the way they're running the football and possessing it right now, time of possession, no one has done what they're doing right now in the Big 12 
since Colin Klein and Kansas State in 2012. Yeah, well, that's scary for a matchup with this offense especially. I mean, I think anyone that's frightening, but especially with a OU offense that likes tempo or it's not very good. Yeah. Sometimes it's so, not good with tempo. You, if you take what is already going to be a, a limited possession game because of what they're doing and, and trying to shorten it, a limited possession game, and you give two of those away to them, well, you may have just uh, handed away the win to them. Another reason why the first quarter is so important tomorrow. Yeah. Very important. Uh, okay, one turnover. That's how you're filling up the stat sheet. I'm going to fill it up with 16 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown for Tawi Walker, leading rusher. 16 for 112? You heard it here first. Ooh, that's... Would not be his best game of the year. What do you have in the Kansas game? He had 23 for 146 and a touchdown. I mean, that's a seven-yard average. That's that's pretty salty. I think that's doable, though. Yeah, if if, if we run up and have a seven... Now, here's the thing. West Virginia's defense is not great. They... uh, Who was it? Was it... Um, what game am I thinking about? They got run all over. Probably, was it not Oklahoma State? They gave yes. up uh, 281 against OSU a yes. few weeks ago. it was Oklahoma State. Eight and a half and, yards per carry on 33 rushes. Whew. Yeah, and a lot of that was is, is Ollie Gordon. Okay, credit him. But a bunch of it is just horrible run fits. Now, their defensive line is they're experienced they're upperclassmen, they're old, and they're strong. Um, their backers are – they're really thin at backer. Uh, have you seen number one for them? I uh, I watched a lot of them uh, two days ago, yeah. Number one is All like, their good players are single-digit numbers. <laughs> Do they have yes. a Baylor system here where I, I don't all know. the best players get one through nine? But he is like – an all-American get-off-the-bus team um, just, you know, looks like a linebacker jacked, like just ripped, shredded, uh, 6'1", like 240 pounds, runs really well. He leads them in tackles. He's their he's their leading tackler, but I don't think he's he, – he's not he's not one of the better linebackers that we face. We faced a lot better backers. We, the kid from Texas, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, the Martin kid may be the best backer that we faced this year. Um, there's a good one at Cincinnati. We've seen some good backers. I don't think he's he's to the level of some of those guys, but he's a good player. But they are thin at backer, not nearly as good, and they will screw up some run fits. So I think we can I think we can find some stuff in the running game. And also, I know people hate it, but the short passing game and it, like the bubbles and some of the hand sweep stuff, forcing their defensive backs to get off blocks and tackle, I think is actually something that we could uh, we could do pretty good at. Cherokee, They're not very big or strong at, at in the secondary. Cherokee Sooners filling up the stat sheet. DG eighteen to twenty two for two sixty nine and two touchdowns. Wonder if people still say he sucks and JFA should Dang. play if he has that. Well, yeah. Course. Blue says Gavin Sawchuck, 15 carries for 175 yards, three touchdowns. Dang, okay. That's a day. 
What was it? 15, 15? for 175 and three touchdowns for, for Salchuk. Dude, if Salchuk goes for 15, what? Hang on a second here. Are these the same people that are all upset about how what type of football team we are? Like these numbers they're throwing out are ridiculous. Just like the final scores, yes. Frustrated, but it's like, ah, it's Friday. Come on, we're going to open a can of whoop-ass tomorrow in West Virginia yeah. for one final time. Hey, if I'll tell you, I thought Sawchuck, Tyler, against Oklahoma State, found a nice little rhythm in some yeah. of the gap scheme with some patience and letting those linemen get out in front and set up those blocks. Maybe they should have kept with still, it in the second half, huh? Yeah, I'd still like to see him make the extra guy miss. Um, I, you're going to see that. We saw it with Gordon. We saw it with the two backs at Kansas. We saw it with uh, Central Florida. And we're going to see it tomorrow with West Virginia. I, it has to start happening with our team. We can't be the only team in the Big 12 where the backs can't make the extra guy miss and turn it into an explosive. Yeah, and, and he had the long touchdown run, the longest run of the year, but I don't even think that that play, the longest run of the year, was about him running through trash and breaking tackles. That was actually blocked up really nicely on that play. It was. And that Sawchuck one, just and got the to Tally the outside Walkers and scored. Was, yeah, yeah, both of those. That's what I'm saying. I think we found something in those those schemes with the pullers. And, and you know, Caden Green is incredibly physical, and he's doing a really good job there. I think we found something. Hopefully we can continue to expand on it because we should be able to run the ball against West Virginia. We should. I mean, come on. I am going to also fill up the stat sheet with um, – let's go with – let's go with the 60-burger tomorrow in Eugene. Let's go ahead and do it. If Oregon can score 60 points tomorrow, by God, they are not going to waste an opportunity to do so. Wow. Yeah, I think this is going to be a beatdown in Eugene and – some have thought, well, maybe it's going to be back and forth like it was in L.A. last week between USC and Washington. And it could be. USC's that good offensively. The thing is, I, this is probably the best defense that USC's going to face all year long. Like, or, Oregon's right. good on the defensive side. So if their strategy, and I know that it is, is to score 55 points to win this game, I, I got bad news for them. I got bad news. Yeah, yeah well, I, I tend to – tend to align with you it's going to be it's going to be a tough game i think they're banged up defensively they've i don't know who all's out for them but i know they've got guys that are at least uh not feeling 100 percent, which is not what you want and you know it's kind of one of those things where you feel like usc at you know originally when lincoln went out there there was this this really big push, I think, I think by ESPN amongst others, but this really big push to to champion that move and talk about how great it is and what what USC is going to do, and I think everyone just kind of shoving USC down everybody's throat has turned them into a villain, and I know that's been the case around here, but I feel like that's kind of. Yeah. You feel like that's and, happened around the country, well, yes, too? Yes, but it's a lot easier to do that when it's a program like USC, who's right. been hateable for years by a lot of programs. But sure, right. yeah, I mean, y- y- yes, 100%. And when it looks the exact same way that it looked here, but maybe even on a 
larger scale, sure, I, they're 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 easily hateable. And, so yeah. whenever that happens, I, you know, you're you're banged up. You had your DC fired. You you're going on the road to a very difficult place to play against one of the best teams in the country. I, it is absolutely ripe for a total beatdown. Well, especially a team, Oregon, that really wants to be active in the state of California. Yes. Like, I, yes, it's it's ripe for a beatdown because of how good Oregon is. But when you combine, like, the recruiting and the staffs and what they've said, like, it, it's it's there, man. It's really there. Yeah. Like, like that's why I'm saying. If Oregon has a chance to score 60, they will take that opportunity. They're going to they'll, – they'll, they'll send a message here. Right. Yeah, I – I think so. I. They probably feel like we're going to close the book on Lincoln Riley and USC right here and right now, and Lincoln's going to be scanning for options. You and I had an off-air conversation five, six years ago. I don't, I don't remember what, whatever Art Bryles last year was, and what you said to me is, dude, those guys at Baylor right now are talking about – they are going to whatever I think was it twenty sixteen maybe twenty fifteen whatever year it was. They are going to run OU out of town is how they're looking at that game. Yeah, like they're not just going to win that game. They want to dominate that game. They want to embarrass OU, and they didn't. But in in a lot of ways, that's what that's how that's what it feels like with Oregon's mentality going into this game. Well, yeah, you know, Oregon has. USC, even when they're down, it's like they, they are still the the team in the Pac-12, right? Oregon's got a lot going for them, but they're still they're nowhere close to USC. And when you have a chance to like put the nail in the coffin of the big dog, and I know that USC is has not been what they previously were, but you still get a chance to to show everyone look they're done there is a new show in town it's oregon it is no longer usc i know that they've been the blue blood and all that but you can you can go ahead and wrap that up that's what they're going to try and do oregon's already done that once this year by the way you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about oh yeah to colorado yeah yeah that was the uh, ou cincinnati weekend Oregon and Colorado played after that, and boy, Oregon, Oregon rubbed it in. So you're telling me we should expect a short film coming out on Monday or Tuesday? <laughs> a short film, and the uh, the guy that does the film reviews, which OU was uh, the subject of this week, um, it'll be on USC, I'm sure, again this week. You know yeah. that guy on Twitter that does that, the film reviews with all the jokes? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's pretty awesome. Unfortunately, yeah. OU was his uh, target this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, again? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Is it? Is it good? I'll have uh, to check it out. I mean, yeah, but it's good. Good, but bad? But, yes. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up here from Riverwind next. Stay tuned. Dorsey Jones B. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. When it comes to operating your business, time is money. And the last thing you need is something else to take up your time, like managing cash flow, 
or making and collecting payments. Save time and money with Treasury Management from Armstrong Bank so you can focus on what's most important, taking care of your business. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Visit armstrong.bank, member FDIC. The world is full of anchors, meant to keep you in place. But the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them. 